Good morning. Hello. Oh my goodness. This is like, I'm excited. I'm excited. Is that me? That's probably me. Yeah, yeah, come on. Come on. Now, just a little segue before I get into anything. If you guys were hoping to see my wife and kids today, which I know you all were, as opposed to seeing me, I apologize. Uh, they're not feeling well, so they're not here. So uh, from where you're at, I don't even know if the camera can see you, but could you just like wave at them? Just make them feel love. Hi. Sorry, guys. Okay. All right. So done. That's done. Thank you. I appreciate you all. Uh, so happy new year. First and foremost, happy new year. Well, thank you. I appreciate you. That, that wasn't forced at all. Um, as we move from 2023 into 2024, I hope you guys were able to like relax, rest, enjoy family, friends, eat some food maybe, open some things, but more importantly, remember what the holidays are all about, right? The greatest gift that we've ever been given, Jesus Christ, our Lord, our Savior, amen? Amen. 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 Thank you. So, New Year's for me is one of the most exciting times because I love goals. I love focusing in on like, okay, how am I terrible and how can I get better, right? And like, you can do that anytime. January 1st is not this special moment in time where that's the only time that you can really focus in and hone in on self-development. But there's something special about January 1st, right? There's something like a fresh start, a new beginning, right? A new year, a new you. It, it's corny, but it, it works. It works. And nothing, I got to watch my fizz, nothing represents that better than the New Year's resolution. And I loved that video. That is like me to a T, okay? Strike it, get rid of it, cancel it. So a little interactive with you guys. How many of you have made New Year's resolutions this year? Yep, raise them up. Yep, okay, keep them up. Because my next question is a moment of honesty. And I, we're in God's house, so I expect honesty. How many of you have already given up or failed one of those resolutions? Keep them high. Yeah. It's January 7th. We just started. But I'm not trying to shame anybody because, see, mine's up too, okay? Resolutions are good, but they're hard. They're hard because they push you, right? And it's, it's easy to give up on them sometimes or to fail. But... They are very valuable things. When we make a resolution, we're, we're making a promise to nobody else but ourselves. We're promising ourselves that, hey, I'm gonna, I'm gonna work on this now so that you, me, you, are better in the future, okay? They're, they're very personal, personal things. And that's what makes this next little game that I'm going to play a, a little strange, but bear with me, okay? I went ahead and I looked up the top five resolutions of 2023, and I want to see what you guys think of them, okay? So our top five resolutions of 2023 are as follows. 
Number five, spend more time with friends and family. Anybody? Anybody? Nobody? <sighs> All right. Sorry, friends. Sorry, family. Hope you're not watching. Whew. Number four, save more money. I would also say spend less. Anybody? Okay, thank you. Yes, thank you. A little harder to do, 2023, 2024, but we're getting there. We're getting there. Okay, number three, lose weight. You don't have to if you don't. Okay, okay, thank you. Yep, appreciate you. Honesty, I love it. Number two, eat healthier. Okay, we have a winner. So I, I would love to make this promise, but Big Macs? Whew. Oh, I can't, I can't. Okay, and then the last one, but it's actually the first one, is number one, exercise more. Anybody? Yes. Okay, so our top five, other than spend time with friends and families, you scoundrels, are, are pretty popular. Like, everybody's, everybody's on board, right? Well, when we make these kind of resolutions, when we make these kind of promises, or any others that you may have made, these are really good things, right? For me to look at you and say, hey, exercising more? Hmm, wow, that's really terrible of you. No, that doesn't make sense. That's a good thing to promise. That's an amazing thing. But what I want to investigate with you guys and what I want to ask this morning is, are these the absolute best promises you can make to yourself? So we're talking good things, but I'm wondering, are they the best things? As Christ followers, are we perhaps called to something better than good? So, in order to dive deeper into this question, I want to examine a portion of Scripture, and it's found in the book of Acts. And I love the book of Acts. The book of Acts is like people doing ministry. And it's incredible to watch these human beings, you know, struggle and succeed and grow the church in, in a world not so dissimilar from ours, right? I love Acts. So, if you have your Bible or your phone or whatever you're using, Acts 19, starting at chapter 13. And we're going to have it up on the screen if you don't have anything, so don't worry. I should probably turn there. Hang on. I thought as I was getting here, I'm like, oh, I should probably put a bookmark in. But this, this gives you guys time to find it, too, because i got to find it. Okay. Acts chapter 19, verse 13. Then some of the itinerant Jewish exorcists undertook to invoke the name of the Lord Jesus over those who had evil spirits, saying, I adjure you by the Jesus whom Paul proclaims. Seven sons of a Jewish high priest named Siva were doing this. But the evil spirit answered them, Jesus I know, Paul I recognize, but who are you? And the man in whom was the evil spirit leaped on them, mastered all of them, and overpowered them, so that they fled out of that house naked and wounded. And this became known to all the residents of Ephesus, both Jews and Greeks. And fear fell upon them all, and the name of the Lord Jesus was extolled. Also, many of those who were now believers came, confessing and divulging their practices. 
and a number of those who had practiced magic arts brought their books together and burned them in the sight of all. And they counted the value of them, found it came to 50,000 pieces of silver. So that the word of the Lord continued to increase and prevail mightily. I went further than I was supposed to. And that's okay, because it's the word of the Lord, and that's good. So, before we get any further, let's pray together. Okay. Lord God, we thank you not only for the blessing of another year, but the blessing of another day, of another morning, of, of breath in our lungs. We know it all comes from you, Lord, and we thank you for that. I pray that as we spend our, our time together this morning, that we can look into your word and just dig out what, what you want us to do in 2024. Pray that you open eyes, ears, hearts, minds, and speak to us. We love you. We thank you. In your name we pray. Amen. So, the historical events. I'm a historian. That's what I trained to do. So, you're going to get some history. Sorry. The historical events from our scripture uh, passage, they, they all take place in the city of Ephesus which is uh, still located on the Aegean Sea in modern-day Turkey. So we're talking about the eastern portion of the Roman Empire at this time. Ephesus was an important city. Uh, being on the sea, boats could come in. There was a road system that led people out. So it was important as like a trade hub, uh, a center for people to come and, and talk and share ideas. And this importance may have led Paul to visit multiple times throughout his ministry. But by the time of his first visit, the Jewish community living in Ephesus had been present in the city for over 300 years. On his second visit to the city in AD 52, there we go, 52, the church of Ephesus was founded. And this is the church that Paul writes his letter to, uh, which comes to us in the book of Ephesians. Okay? Cool. The passage that we're looking at today takes place during his third visit in AD 54. So now you got the context. Everybody wrote that down, right? Excellent. Bunch of historians out there. In Acts 19, we meet members of this Jewish community uh, specifically, we're meeting the sons of Siva, and we don't know much about these men or their father. Uh, history doesn't provide us with much information. Uh, for instance, we don't know what tribe uh, Siva would, would call his own. We don't even know if he was an official high priest or if he had just given himself that title. We have, we have none of that. Even the, the term itinerant that is used in verse 13, uh, it suggests that Ephesus wasn't even their home, right? The, the, Greek term, or the Greek word that was used literally translates to going from place to place. So the nomadic nature of their work makes it pretty difficult for us to know anything about them, for sure. But we do have enough information to begin working on our question, which is great for us. So the experience of the sons of Siva teaches us three things. So these are your three points, so get ready. 
teaches three things about our resolutions and their purpose. First, first, we learn that we can have success, but not always. So, think of your last five years' worth of resolutions. You know, would you classify them as being successful or not successful? And just think about those. For me, personally, I like to make a resolution every year to read 100 books, okay? I'm a reader. That's what I like to do. In 2022, I did it. I don't know how. I did it. Success. In 2021, I didn't. It was terrible, okay? No success, right? Back and forth, back and forth. In the same way, we see that the sons of Siva had success. For the Bible to record them as itinerant exorcists as opposed to itinerant teachers or rabbis or priests or anything else suggests that they did have some success in banishing evil spirits. However, Acts 19 gives us one of their more outstanding failures. What's the defining factor between failure or success in these situations? For the sons of Siva, it was a lack of understanding of what they were saying, which we'll look at a little closer in a minute. For us, it may be a loss of vision. As I said earlier, resolutions are promises you make to your future self. You're promising improvement, and the success of that improvement is tied into your ultimate goal. Okay? James Clear defines this concept in his book, Atomic Habits. Clear talks about three layers of behavioral change. These three layers can be viewed as the goals of your resolutions. So the first most basic layer, the first most basic goal, is a change in outcomes. This, this level is concerned with changing results. Okay? I like to think of them as to-do list goals. Yep, did that, did that, did that. Okay? So, as an example, if I res make a resolution to read the Bible, my outcomes-based goal would be read the Bible. Done. Okay? These goals, this level of vision, this level of focus, uh, tends to fail the most because they're just very one and done, right? Check it off, gone. The second layer of change is in processes. This level is concerned with changing your habits or systems. So back to our Bible reading resolution. If I say, I want to read the Bible, I check it off. If I say, I want to provide myself 30 minutes every day to read the Bible, that's a change in process. That's me changing my day to include that Bible reading. The third and final layer is a change in identity. And this, this is the layer we want when we're making resolutions, when we're making goals or promises to ourselves. This level is concerned with changing your beliefs and worldview. So at this, at this layer, reading your Bible becomes more than just another check in the to-do list. It becomes more than a part of your day, a part of your process. It becomes an essential part of who you are. So, if the goal is identity change, what should we be basing our best resolutions on? How should we craft that identity? Luckily, our sons of Siva help us with this.
our identity needs, and this is point two, our identity needs to be based and built around God, his son, and his desire for our lives. In verse 15, turn with me to verse 15. The sons of Siva just attempted to exercise this evil spirit. And they did this by copying what had been working for Paul during his visit to Ephesus. And look at how the spirit responds. He says, Jesus I know, Paul I recognize, but who are you? I love that. Who are you? Okay? The Spirit knows Jesus, and primarily as an enemy, I'm sure. Hallelujah. He knows Paul, undoubtedly as one who was called by that Jesus, right? But the sons, he has no knowledge of them whatsoever. And I believe this is because the, the sons base their identity on what they could do not on what Jesus could do. Okay. They tried to say the right things, but they failed. They tried to do the right things, but they failed. Paul's success was directly related to his identity in Christ. He knew that Jesus had called him to ministry. He knew that Jesus was supporting him in everything that he did. And that is what gave Paul power. That's what provided his success. It wasn't anything Paul could or could not do. It was everything that Jesus could do. Our identity can be tied up into a thousand different things. For instance, when you meet somebody new, what's the first question they ask? For me, what do you do for work? Hi, Kevin, what do you do for work? Well, I'm a barista at Starbucks. True story. Okay? That's my identity. Work can be my identity, right? Uh, what about family? I'm a dad. I'm a husband. I'm a brother. I'm a son. I'm an uncle, right? Uh, sports. I'm a runner. I like floor hockey. Okay? Uh, sports teams. Wings fans? Yeah. Okay, okay. No booing in the house of God. Okay. Those things are all true, but, but, are they the things that ultimately identify me? My true identity and yours, whether you agree with me or not, is as a child of God who is loved, created, and cared for by him. Once I tap into this identity, once you tap into this identity, we can begin to shape our resolutions in a way that will make them the best that they can be. And let me be clear here. <laughs> I'm not suggesting that you draw closer to God in order to get what you want. Okay? For instance... I still have my 100-book resolution, okay? That 2024 is no different. If I focus on connecting with God and drawing closer to Him in order to complete my self-directed goal of reading those books, I'm not doing His will. I'm doing my own. And 
and I'm trying to force the God of the universe into agreeing with me, which is ridiculous. As I draw closer to him, I can draw closer to what he wants for my life. And as I do that, the best goals of my life will start to become evident, and I can begin to change my focus to include those instead of my self-selected ones. Point three, final lesson that we can pull out of the experience of the sons of Siva is that God can work any situation for the good of him and his kingdom. The evil spirit still possessed its hosts. The sons of Siva were hurt, naked, and undoubtedly embarrassed. Yet, the gospel was still spread and Jesus still praised. In verses 17 and 18, where I was supposed to stop, we read, And this became known to all the residents of Ephesus, both Jews and Greeks, and fear fell upon them all, and the name of the Lord Jesus was extolled. Also, many of those who were now believers came, confessing and divulging their practices. So through it all, Christ was worshipped, and believers came to repent. And I may be speaking to some of you today. Know that I'm speaking to myself right now, too, okay, as we, as we get into it. We might not always know what God wants us to do. If any of you out there have any knowledge whatsoever of my personal life, you know that this has been one of my major struggles for years. I, I have suggestions of what God wants to do. I know what I'm good at doing, but is it what God wants me to do? I, I don't know. And, you know, left to my own devices, if I could do anything I wanted, there are a thousand experiences, places, school programs that I would pursue. But that's me. That's what I want. While I struggled through this, what helped me most was the confidence and the knowledge that God was working everything for the good of his kingdom. So in this sense, your resolutions are already good. By giving them to God, you, you can begin to transform them into something greater. This is as easy as praying a sincere prayer that, that God use your efforts to further his kingdom in his glory. So, before we part for this morning, I want to go back to our main question. How can we as Christians make the best possible resolutions? We can do this by developing our relationship with Christ, surrendering our resolutions to God's glory, trusting our lives to God's plan, and following that guidance when we receive it. And I want to be clear, I can't tell any of you what that looks like, because I'm a man. I'm not God. I'm not your creator. You need to go to him to find that. But before we go, I want to provide one last piece of scripture as an encouragement for you. 
And as I read the following scripture, I just ask that you eliminate any distractions, focus on the words, and pray that God will speak to you through it. Once again, let's return to the city of Ephesus, but this time in Ephesians 4, 20 to 24. Bear with me. It's okay. Okay. But that is not the way you learned Christ. Assuming that you have heard about him and were taught in him as the truth is in Jesus, to put off your old self, which belongs to your former manner of life and is corrupt through deceitful desires, and to be renewed in the spirit of your minds, and to put on the new self, created after the likeness of God in true righteousness and holiness. Let's pray. Lord, again, we thank you. We thank you for the promises of a new year. We thank you for the gift of your son who came to this earth to live as we do and to show us how to live holy and righteous. We thank you for the gift of his death, that our sins are forgiven, that we have a relationship with you. And I pray now, Lord, that each of us can tap into that relationship, that we can seek you for you, that we can seek you for your guidance, for your will, for your desire for our lives, and that we can move forward with that, that we'll give up our old ways, that we'll put on the new self that you've provided. We love you, Lord. We thank you. Pray that you bless this year and make it the year of your kingdom. In your name we pray. Amen. Amen.